0: hey guys welcome to the babylon pastors podcast sponsored by odg apparel i am one of your hosts michael and
1: i'm rob glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church theology and everything in between hey, are we on we're on okay. All right. hey everybody it's the babbling pastors podcast welcome to this week's episode this month we're talking about preaching and stuff uh and michael is oh he That was the social distance chair five. What was that exactly? Yeah, I was trying
0: to party, but my mic's too close to the chair and I can't sit around.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not 1999, so you don't have to party that hard. Uh, Yeah, so last week we talked about um, the purpose of a sermon, the whole reason why do we even do this in the first place. This week, we're going to talk about the components of a sermon. What is the, what are the things that you put together? Uh, Prayer, fasting, research, study is part of the kind of title and way of thinking about it. So
0: what are the components, Michael? You're the expert. (laughs) I am the expert. You're right. So um, the next 25 minutes will be a monologue from me about that. So prepare yourself. (laughs) Just walk away from that. So so the components. Um, You got to have a big brain like myself. Um, A whole case of Mountain Dew. And um, really just, you know, revelation, new revelation from the Lord uh, you gotta get, uh ain't you, huh you got to get a word gotta get a word from the lord yeah. mm-hmm. so uh, for reals though so what you need uh here, here are my components uh right for preparing a sermon uh obviously there's a great deal amount of prayer you got to work that in there um as far as like i said like actually like you mentioned last time rob um it, it's nice and i wish uh and if i ever uh have the privilege of you know actually preaching consistently every sunday Uh, I would work myself through a text work your way through a text. I think honestly though many people would disagree with that method I think that's the best method Um, Because I mean it's working through exactly how it was written uh, And therefore one hey, you know if you if if the narrative was wrote that way or you know The epistle was wrote that way. I'm gonna guess that that's how it's supposed to be read. But anyway um, I'm just guessing but so I would say if you know what you're preaching on, obviously a great amount of prayer is going to take place in that. Uh, I know that there's a great amount of, you know, not everybody does this, but some fasting, either, I mean, food or just social media, or I mean, taking all those distractions away so you can focus on what, you know, you're looking at. Uh, and then obviously research and study and things like that. So that's everything I do. Uh, personally, one of the things I do uh, is if I'm going to, so for example, like I mentioned in the last podcast, I'm going to be preaching a, a sermon on Nehemiah. So, uh, but it's not, I'm, I'm the text I'm using is in chapter like eight. So I'm pretty far into the, into the book at that point. So, but what I do is read all the way up until the point of where I'm preaching at multiple times and then read uh, one or two times after that. So I get the flow of it. But that way I know exactly what's leading up to that. So that uh, in case I've forgotten, even if I'm familiar with something, at least I've read it multiple times. So I cannot read any idea of my own into that. I know what the story is up to that point. So uh, that's gonna be one of mine that I think is different than, I don't know how many people do that. I'm sure quite a few do. But for me, I found that extremely helpful. The component of it is just reading the text before I look at a commentary uh, before I do any deeper word study um, just as I'm praying over the text and reading the text, because I found that that's incredibly helpful for me uh, (laughs) so that when I actually preach the text, I can give an accurate uh, idea of what's happened up to that and why whatever's happening is happening. So, yeah, that wasn't 25 minutes though. Gosh, I got like a lot of time left. Well,
1: all right. So next week we'll be, um, no, I, I think uh I mean I think some of the things that you listed are things that probably everyone yeah who, who um, you know like prayer it sounds kind of stupid to even have to say that but don't if, pray over if, your if, is if I, if i if I i'm going to say that <laughs> if i'm not going into this thing even into the study and prep of it with the with the right kind of heart right mm-hmm. which is you know through prayer and and communion with God right if I'm not going into it with that then it's not going to you know last week we ended with kind of the big idea was that preaching first and foremost is for the <laughs> Lord and I promise if I'm not praying and, and talking to God through it and uh, that whole thing then um, it's going to end up being about my glory mm-hmm. or my performance or my stroke in my ego or or you know, um, you make it about your performance and then you don't perform real great. And then now you're like way let down, like it just comes about you. And so I think prayer is the most important starting point for, I mean, even before you know your text really well, Mm -hmm. your heart has to be right. And and that happens through prayer (laughs) at first. And, and then, you know, your, to your point about um the context and knowing that really well I think it's it's irresponsible to not do that
0: mm-hmm.
1: right like you now I have it a little easy right like if you were gonna preach from Genesis 32 that would be a lengthy situation yeah. idea, right <laughs>
0: That's gonna take a minute yeah for real
1: if, if you're really uh rookie at this that's 50 chapters long so <laughs> that would take a minute right to read up to but But it's, it's real though. Like it's, that's part of the point is to you, if you don't know what the text says in context, then you don't know what the text means Mm -hmm. first and foremost. And if you don't know what the text means, then what in the world are you even doing?
0: You're going to, you're going to accident, not even purposefully. I think, I think you're going to accidentally read things into that that are not there because you're trying to do something that's good, but you're not doing the back end. I mean, I remember when I was, early doing sermons like when i first got the opportunity a couple times in youth group to preach that i was just like i mean i'm glad those weren't recorded that's all I'm
1: <laughs> you and me both man <laughs> the first you are always horrific
0: oh yeah i'm sure there was multiple times uh that somebody was like heretic What is he saying? Mean, i i remember
1: when i lived in cordon mm-hmm. right and i was uh at this my dad was pastoring this little bitty church in Corden, and, and I got asked to go f- to go preach to fill in at some place. A little bitty. I mean, this church was as big as our nursery, right? Like it was little. The building was little. There were like eight people in their seventies and eighties. There, that's it. Like this is just stop, right? Already. It's um, true kind of where I'm at but uh, then this this little old lady approached me after and was and was like we would like you to be our pastor and I'm like I mean I'll be honest with you like right then and even you know a a little few days after that I'm like that's awesome yeah this is is great we could be really good at that and you know little did I know like bro you're not even 20 like I was still real dumb <laughs> like there was so much not even about scripture but just about yeah. being alive and stuff yeah I was an idiot you know and and oh man, that was a train wreck waiting to happen that God helped me not
0: yeah not get in that car yeah
1: and and i'm I don't know why she was so impressed that's that's where I, it you know came up in this conversation because like i'm I mean, I don't remember what I preached about, but I'm sure it wasn't preaching.
0: Sure, it was really bad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm sure it was like, for God so loved the world. Let's pray, you know.
0: Well, I just want to say, I look back, and here's the thing, and this, one of the reasons we're doing these, just in case, just for transparency, I get DMs all the time, and I'm sure, I mean, there's people that... That contact pastors a lot. I mean, I'm sure there's probably somebody in Rob's church that he's seen some ability in that might be able to preach later, right? And you you those guys ask questions and they 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 mentioned that they might feel called to the ministry and what's that look like. So here's the reason we're doing it. by no means are we experts. Let's just clarify that now. Like any of that is a joke, right? So, but I we've both been doing this for a while, uh obviously with some consistency. Uh, and have worked out this process so though this isn't a perfect process this here's the thing if you are in like a youth group or you're in your early 20s and you're starting and you're like here's two two pieces of advice if you get done and you think that that was the most bombastic sermon ever you were probably wrong also if you get done and you think that was the worst thing ever preached don't worry you can get better okay so those are the two things you're never as good as you think you are but you're also never as bad as you think you are so Continue to learn and get your process, because I'm sure as we go through this, Rob's process is going to be different than my process, and it's going to be totally different than your pastor's process, Uh, but as long as you go back to the first podcast, like the purpose of preaching, that's what you're looking for. The components are going to be different. The next episode, we're going to talk about how we put those components together. That's going to look different. This is just a toolbox of tools to maybe help you develop a little bit better, and I'm hoping to learn a little bit from Rob here, too so your components obviously we start with prayer yeah and then what you got
1: and so you mentioned fasting too so that's obviously uh, maybe not obviously and maybe obviously it should be that's not something that is an every sermon thing oh yeah me but there are specific texts or maybe even uh you know three weeks in a row we're tackling these things because that's next right Mm -hmm. so there might be some uh, specific things that come up that make me go, I just gotta do this, right? Like you, I, you kind of just feel the weight of what you're going to have to talk. Um, one of those things was, uh, for me, when I was going to, I think it was when I was going to preach on abortion, which ironically is one of the topical sermons that I've had to do Mm -hmm. and which I hate doing, but, um, but that, that's a really weighty thing, right? And, and, um, and it wasn't that I felt like uh, I'm going to be in huge disagreement with people I'm talking to. Quite obviously, mm-hmm. everyone in my church wouldn't vote for someone who supports abortion. Right? Like that's just kind of where it's at. But there's the aspect toward the end of that where um, it, it's yes this is wrong right this is murder but the cross is bigger than that
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: we need to be loving i really like
0: that sermon years by the way
1: and um that that part by itself that's not something that we're naturally going to do right it's a lot more natural to get on facebook and go you suckers you know and to leave it at that well that's probably why the church isn't doing anything good in America uh, overall, right? Like that's why we have the reputation we do because we just yell and forget, oh wait, such for some of you jerks. So um, so anyway, like there are things that you come across, like sermons you have to preach that for me are weighty enough um, that I, I feel like I need to fast, right? For preaching. So that that is a thing. It's just not a thing every week for me. Um, research and study I have um, Logos or Logos depending on how you want to pronounce that I have Logos Bible software or Legos. Um, yeah or Legos
0: Hey, where are you from Legos
1: Legos yeah my son uh, helps me prepare yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like I have I mean I have some books around me that uh, everyone sees when they watch this on YouTube if they yep. do but um, I think over, on there I have like over 4,000 books that I use and can. Um, it just makes it a lot quicker because it's technology, right? I can search something and get everything in the whole library on it at once if I want. And so I use that to do a lot of my research. And um, I would say that context for me is everything. So... Um, and what I mean by that, obviously the grammatical context, um, you need to know what's being said before and after that, like you were talking about. Um, but also things like geographical context, um, historical context. What I want to know, I want to get in the heads of the people that Matthew is actually talking to, Mm -hmm. right? What would they, um, this coming week, we're in Matthew chapter five and, um, Christ Uh, didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Right. So we're in that little seven verses 17 through 20 text. I want to know when the, the disciples Jesus was talking to were sitting there. What did they hear from Jesus? Right. What did they think of when he said law prophets, all of that? Like I want to put myself in their shoes because until you can do that and not, not their shoes from an American point of view, yeah. But they're choose based on where they were at and when they lived. And it, until you can do that, you're not going to actually be able to grasp what is being said completely.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot on that point, a lot of times we undervalue sometimes what, so a word they hear is totally different than a word we hear, even though it's the same word. Uh, going back to that sermon on Psalm 23, like, you know, I mean, leads me to side green pastures. What? He was talking about versus what we think that is is totally different and that in that specific instance uh changes a lot of what what the what like the picture that he's trying to paint versus what we see uh and that changes the sermon entirely in the sense of you know what he's actually the message he's trying to convey versus uh you know our green pastures is a thomas Kincaid painting full of grass and that's not what he's talking about so, I mean, that that right there is vitally important. If we just read it and for whatever reason think that, you know, back in the time that the gospels were written that they're using that word the same way we we're using that word, uh, they're not in almost every case. So- Those
1: are, are pretty rare, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when, uh, almost every time I've ever had, and like, okay, I'm I'm 35, so uh, this this hasn't happened a ton, right? I, I haven't preached for thirty years or anything. but but every time that uh, someone has come up to me after a sermon or the next day or whenever I see them, every time someone's ever come up to me and said, "Man, I didn't know that. that that's I never looked at it that way or whatever. Nine out of ten, it's because they've always read it from our american my personal life point of view and so they don't see all of the little context type things that actually paint the real picture of what this means so an example is uh last week um i was preaching um the salt and light thing right so you're the salt of the earth you're the light of the world and um the what everyone always does when you preach that text is, and if you want to look up on YouTube, what everybody almost does is you uh, you go through. Okay, here is all the purposes of salt. This is what salt does. I think so therefore, heard that sermon. Yeah, the supposed to do, yeah. and then everyone says this is uh, the purpose of light. This is what light does, and so this is who we're supposed to look. There's some truth to that. But that's not the point of what Jesus is saying. Right. And you have to look into it. You have to know the context to understand that. Yeah, he says you're the salt of the earth. But then he talks about the rest of that example is the salt not being salt. Right. So the the real message is you have this purpose that God has given you from the beginning when you're made in his image to go and image him and spread his glory throughout all the earth. This is your purpose. Your purpose is to flourish, right? As in the kingdom of God. So go do it. Don't not be who God has made you to be.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like that's kind of the call that comes out of that. Not necessarily. These are the traits of salt and light. So go, but you wouldn't know that if you didn't dig in and pay more attention to the, you know, Matthew as a whole, the Sermon on the Mount as a whole, whatever.
0: And I think on, on that is an important thing too. And this is what, and I think we're on the same page on this, but I think that's why uh, whenever, so if you're putting a sermon together or if you're listening to a sermon um, and I try, I don't do a real good job at this, but I try to work it in as much as I can is to continually point the people back to the word. So over and over again, I go, Hey, you know, look at this. Uh, This is where he says this. This is where I got this. And uh, I mean, obviously I'm using commentaries and historical references and, you know, studies tools and things like that. But my hope when I'm preaching this to them, especially, uh, you know, if I think that, okay, well, they might not know this because I haven't dug in enough is to continually push them back to the word. So I don't want them to come up and be like, man, you're so smart because that's obviously not the case. Right. But I want them to say, Hey, you know I'm glad you got up and you you, you 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 know you dug through the scripture and taught that but I want them to see that you know they could have done that too like they have the ability without having a huge library of commentaries that they could have done that too um, and to you know open their eyes to the fact that hey you know you know teaching I'm always gonna contend is important and it has a purpose and a place and must be done but um they they need to be doing that too at home like in their own personal bible study right so i love it one of the humbling things is when somebody comes up to me and it gives me another point that i didn't expound upon and was like hey did the text did you know it already you know it says this too and this and i'm like i don't even think of that like i could have used that like to where because those people i know they're like they're in it they were probably in it deeper that week than i was and i'm the one preparing the sermon and um <laughs> I was that's the encouraging part. I'm like, okay, wow. Okay. These guys are in it. They know how to look at it. Uh, you know, just pointing back to that over and over again. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think one of our elders, his, uh, dad, they're all originally from uh, California. Mm Uh, his dad still lives there, but they come a couple of times a year to visit the family and the grandkids and stuff. So, uh, every time he comes and I get to preach, um, he always he's that person. After the <laughs> yeah. after everything is over, I go down and he's just waiting to talk to me. And he's like, "Oh, that was good. I love this part." And did and that that Greek word for that is actually blah, blah blah. And he'll go into details that he's done in his own study. That's yeah, you know maybe something I didn't cover or whatever. It's always just just such a cool conversation afterward.
0: I have literally I it's probably half a dozen books at this point that because in the church, I, the church I attend and have the, you know, just, you know, blessing to preach every month in, uh, is filled with retired pastors. I mean, we literally have four retired pastors in the congregation and I've gotten books from, I'll preach a sermon and then they'll come and be like, Hey, next week, I'm going to bring you this book that expounds more on your sermon that you just read. You just did. And I'm like, ah, okay. Thank you. I mean, I don't tell you
1: two weeks ago.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to have time to read this, but thank you. I, I'll just, I'll sit on my bookshelf with the rest of this that I don't have time to read, but yeah, no, that's a blessing for sure. Um, I don't know
1: something that you, that, that, um, that you run into or that you end up doing, but like for me, some of the, um, points that will come out of a text for me are going to essentially end up being theological ones. Right. obviously quite obviously, but, um, so I'll I'll find myself, um, sure, going to commentaries at certain points to look up different things. What is this person's point of view or whatever? But I also find myself, once I lock into, oh, that's what this is about, then I'll run to, like, my theological stuff and dive into that whole thing and what is the whole Bible picture of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes my, um, you know, theology um, – books end up being as vital or more vital even than than the commentaries that i have
0: i would so. say that that's very true because at that point for me especially if if i hit a text that's really deep on a, a particular theological subject at that point the commentary the commentary's has done its point in in pointing or clarifying i suppose i'd say more clarifying uh, the direction I already kind of had the text was indicating it was going, but now you come to the point to where now you're talking. So for example, uh, sanctification, right? So the, the text is pointing that way, you know, it's pointing that way. And now you're like, okay, I really need to expound this. So now I need to get, you know, I need to go look at, you know, the different views of sanctification or you know, whatever. So I can explain this because what I found is, I mean, like, I, I don't know if, how often this happens to you, but I'm like, okay, well now, I'm going to put this word before them or this con- theological concept before them. And I can't just let it sit there because <laughs> they, they may not even know what it is or all of the different facets of what it is. Um, it didn't happen in a sermon, but two days ago I was talking to a guy and he was talking about the way someone saved and he was going on his point. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's from this theological perspective. But I said, okay, there's three other, you know, so let's look at that. And he didn't even know there were other theological perspectives. Yeah.
1: Oh, salvation and a lot when people start talking about eschatology oh my goodness yeah everyone just assumes the you know tim LaHaye stuff that's it like the the, the word pool.
0: eschatology gives me a headache because yeah. there's <laughs> yeah. so much in there yeah somebody yeah. the other day asked me about my view on eschatology and i go <laughs> jesus is coming back that's as far as i'm good i mean i yeah, yeah. you want to open that junk door and get into it i'm i look here I find it extremely important. I'm not discounting it at all. Uh, I'm just saying that I'm not the dude that you want to talk to about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah.
1: Oh, there's so much. Oh, there's- you know. So back to something that I also just thought of when we talk about components of kind of the preparation and all that, um, for me, and this is certainly different for every person to some degree, Um, But I think this has increased as I've been pressured to do, okay, like this is your week, right? You don't have that long to squeeze this little bit in and that, like I've actually set my schedule up and maybe someday I'll be able to do this a little quicker. I don't know, but um, I've set my schedule up so that the mornings, the office staff knows, um, don't call me, don't bother me, don't come up here, don't whatever. Uh, So until around lunchtime, usually 10 30 11 or something like that. But the whole morning is dedicated to me not being bothered with anything else, no distractions, just being able to work on this, right? I call it my got time. And within that is sermon preparation. And if I don't have specific time set up for that, then In this line of work, it's just one thing, another thing, this thing, that thing, this call, that person needs money, this, you know, it's like thing after thing. And until like Thursday night, you're going crap. I don't have anything done. Uh, Which Bible do I use? You know, like you're just, uh, and so that, that really is essential for me to have some sort of dedicated, some people, it's a dedicated space. Like you have, this is your one spot you go and, um, but, but actually physically get getting rid of distractions so that you can focus on what you're supposed to be focusing on. That's huge. And you know, probably yeah. Spurgeon and Calvin didn't have that problem. No. Because they didn't have phones and stuff, but
0: that's my, when I sit down to do a certain like prep it and we'll talk about this a little bit next in the next podcast, actually like you know, the components and where I place them. Um, I've got to like just chuck my phone. I've got to leave it in the bedroom because or somewhere else in the house. Because if I'm sitting down going, well, maybe I'll use it for, you know, a reference real quick. Like, oh, before I know it, I'm on Instagram and (laughs) I'm making a meme and I'm supposed to be prepared for a service. (laughs) That's no lie. That happens every time if I don't put my phone somewhere else. So, all right. Well, uh, are there any components maybe that you think that you use that you're thinking of that you said, oh, I haven't mentioned it yet, but you know you use it every so often. Hmm. Before we close this one out, this is this is a spot you've put me on. I'm no, sorry. Um. <laughs> I like doing that. I've noticed as we record these, I just I put you on the spot a lot. That's it's okay. It's fine.
1: <laughs> now, I, I. Um. Sometimes I smoke a hookah. Oh. <laughs> you heard it first here uh whew. no well Spurgeon had his cigars come on no uh um I, I mean I don't think so I, most of this is pretty um pretty much the same the components themselves are pretty much the same for uh most preachers probably I think the one thing that I've uh, gained and we talked about this when we were kind of analyzing other preachers um in our first series of podcasts but one of the things that I've gotten from, uh, Jeff Vanderstelt that I think I, I don't always do it and I always should. Um, but that a lot when I get that, that sort of question that you ask no matter what, um, the gospel part, right? Like how the, so inevitably there's application, right? Um, to every text, there's something that we should be called or or you know whatever um and why don't we do this now like what in our heart keeps us from doing this what fears are we whatever it might be for that specific text why don't we do this how did jesus do it completely and better than us and now how do we rely on him and then the holy spirit so that we can do that in his power and not our own right so that whole like gospel tie-in is super important um, for every sermon, uh, every text doesn't specifically talk about, you know, yeah. by stripes we were healed, but ev- everything before Jesus points to Jesus essentially, or to our need for Jesus. And then everything after points back to, we know that. But so there's always some sort of gospel worked in to every sermon. And so even as part of the preparation, i have to be going okay well how what does this mean for the gospel like how how does the gospel matter here right yeah. why do i need the gospel because of this or how does this point so it, it always has to be gospel centered um and because that's that's the main way we can glorify god that's the whole message of the bible in general is the gospel
0: news yeah. so. well, and going back to the first five i mean that's the whole reason we're doing it right so i can get up and you know preach to you anything. But if it doesn't yeah. have that tie in, um, it could have been really good and still biblical, but it's not pointing to where it needs to point necessarily. So it's not complete. Yeah. it's not complete. Exactly. All yeah. right. Alright, next guys, next time we'll be kind of putting all these components together how we do that where we put what why we put it there, all of that good stuff. And as I've said before, we're totally right on this. And if you don't do it our way, you're wrong. So yeah, now who's preaching? What? <laughs> That'll be oh, okay, next time. Oh, see, no, in this, see that I'm moment not. that just happened. If you only listen to the audio version of this, you just met, missed the video, the extra, you know, the, the visual quality of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Rob yeah. just became, um, I'd say gangster, but I don't think that fits. Um, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> maybe uh, Bill and Ted. I don't know. It was, was culture perhaps. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, video, video version of this podcast also available on YouTube. So,
1: there
0: go. all right. So next time we'll be talking about how to put all of these uh, components together, what that looks like and why we maybe do it our way. Uh, and our ways are probably maybe a little different. Yeah, I'm sure uh. they are. Mine differs depending on the week sometimes. So. <laughs> there you go. Whether we put this car together as fast as we can or if we do it slow and methodical. <laughs> so. All right, guys. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Later.